seems like there's a lot going on <laughs> with announcements, with prayer requests, with uh, things that have happened through the week, through everything. It's a, um, been kind of a, a crazy, chaotic week, but we're here. We're gathered in the name of Jesus Christ to remember the one who gave his life for us. And so we get a pause for a moment and just uh, think on the things that matter. To really think about what this life is about. And in terms of today's lesson, to have an action plan before us that we are going to follow. Because God doesn't leave us wandering around in this life just trying to figure out who he is and therefore who we are and how to find him. He has revealed himself to us. And actually Hebrews, fittingly, uh, I'll pause for a second, go back to Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 1. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets, in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son. And it goes on to say that that son was the exact radiance of his being. It, 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 Jesus came and he spoke to us. He has, he has told us what we need to know. He has taught his disciples then carried on that message. We have everything we need. We can, see G, we can see in Jesus, we can see who God is. And if we just trust him and follow him, then we have laid out for us uh, a plan for life. And that is, um, I think... Simply put, here before us today, the outline that I have is from Hebrews chapter 10. So turn to Hebrews chapter 10 with me if you want to. It's basically here on the back of your bulletin, the outline that's before you. Uh, there are perhaps a few things that I have left out because I want to draw our focus on the main components of these sentences and I hope you see that here and that it becomes obvious. We have been uh, going through Hebrews and considering all of these things. And, and at this point, the, the case has been made by the person who wrote Hebrews, which we don't know the, the physical hand that, that wrote it down, but we know that it was uh, inspired of God. These are the words of God. And so the Holy Spirit, having made the case in this book to this point, that the new covenant that we have in Jesus Christ is by far superior to the old covenant. Because some people are wanting to kind of go back and do some of the old covenant kind of things. And he's like, don't do that. So he makes the point here with two things that basically I, th I think just kind of highlight what he has done so far. He says, since we have, since we have, and I'm jumping to... Uh, because it starts out, therefore, brethren, since we have. So he's making the case, here is what we have. Since we have something, therefore, we can do something. Okay, so since we have, two things are pointed out here in verses 19 and 20 and 21. So let me read those. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. So that's the first since we. And verse 21, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God. So here, are the, here is basically what he's established so far. Number one, since we have confidence to enter the holy place. 
Since we have confidence to enter the holy place. You know, back in the, in the old covenant, they built a temple. And the temple is where the presence of God was. And they would have somebody go into the temple for them and into that holy place just once a year. And it was only the great high priest, or the high priest, not the great high priest. It was only the high priest who could go into that temple and only one time a year. But this book has laid out the case, the case that we have now confidence to enter into that holy place. In other words, we can have confidence to enter into the very presence of God. And, you know, that's, that kind of gives us opportunity to understand this life, doesn't it? That's really what we want. We just want to know, God, are you there? God, can I have a relationship with you? God, what's this life about? And, hey, if you're going to be here with me through it, then we'll figure it out together. And someday I'm going to be completely and utterly in your presence for all eternity. And that begins in a very strong sense right now. We have confidence to enter the holy place. When we enter into prayer and as we go through our lives, we are in those of us who are in Christ, we enter the holy place. And how does that happen? Well, it's very clear that that happens by the blood of Jesus. It's not really, you know, it's by what he has done for us. So praise God for the blood of Christ that was given. We're going to remember that today, just like we do every Sunday. God did something wonderful for us. He has provided us a way into a relationship with the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's how he worked it out. He paid, the, the, he paid for all of our sins. He is the one who suffered the punishment that we deserved. Since we were full of sin, we could not go into the presence of God, but now by the blood of Jesus, the price has been paid, and it's a very ugly kind of scene that Jesus had to go to the cross to pay for our sins. But God provided that way. So we have confidence to enter into the presence of God because of the blood of Jesus. Because he was willing to die for you. He was willing to die for me. So we have some wonderful confidence. You know, it's, it just kind of blows my mind every time I really think about the fact that, that God was willing to give his own son to die for me. And you just pause and you think about that. Man, I must be worth something. Even when I'm feeling my lowest and my dumbest, I consider the fact that Jesus died for me. That gives me some confidence. And it gives me some motivation to turn back to him and, uh, and just to stick with him. So since we have this confidence to enter the holy place because of the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus we can do it. And this is by a new and living way. It's not the old way that was provided for the, the people of God, the Israelites. It's not that old way that is, in essence, a dead way. There is a new and living way, not the old dead way. There is a new way that is in Christ Jesus, and that's what this entire book has been about. 
We talked about a couple of weeks ago grabbing hold of, you know, we, we always want the latest greatest. We want the, the technology that's the coolest gadget we could possibly get so we can, we can have it and, and everybody can look at us and say, look at what they got. I want that, you know. So, well, in Jesus Christ, we have the latest greatest. He will always be the latest greatest. Grab hold of him. He is the new and living way. So, and it says, so by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is the flesh. So Jesus' death upon that cross is somehow that enables us to come within the veil, to come into the very presence of God. What once separated us, now we can enter into. So since that's, we have that new and living way, and since, verse 21, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, so Jesus is this great high priest. He is the one that goes to us. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father now. He has gone there uh, all the way back in chapter 6, I believe. It was referring to him as that forerunner. He has entered into the holy place for us so that we can come into. Since we now have that great high priest, great high priest, we can enter confidently in that holy place. This is, this is just the new living way it's the latest greatest there is nothing going to compare in your life nothing is going to compare to this nothing is you get to come into the very presence a relationship with the very creator of everything how do you put that in words nothing else compares to this Nothing else matters compared to this. Knowing God and being in a relationship with God. This is everything. So since we have confidence to enter the holy place, since we have a great high priest over the house, over the house of God, over, over us, then we finish these words. So therefore, now I go back up to chapter uh, 10, verse number 19. It started out by saying, therefore. And then it said, therefore, since we have all this stuff. Now we're back to the therefore. Let me finish the therefore. Therefore, and there are three things that are pointed to here. Since we can have this relationship with God, since we have Jesus as our great high priest. Therefore, number one, let us draw near with a true heart. And number two, he's going to say, let us. And the key words are let us. It just, they're just little flags that, that, that point the way to say, all right, there's three things. Number one, let us draw near with a two, true heart. Number two, let us hold fast the confession. And number three, let us consider how to stimulate one another in love and good deeds. So we have these three things. So let's, and it says a little bit more about each one of them, but let us consider these things. So verse 19, remember it said, therefore, brother. So everybody listen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, anybody who believes in Jesus, you better be listening. Therefore, brother. Now verse 22. Let us draw near with a sincere or true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So here is the first one. Let us draw near. I could, we could just pause right there. Let us draw near. Consider what Jesus has done for us. 
Consider that we have confidence to go into that holy place, that we have this great high priest who's making intercession for us, who's everything for us. Let us draw near. Draw near to God. This is our action plan. Number one, draw near. How good are we at drawing near? It's kind of a scary thing to think about drawing near to God. I don't know why that is, but it's, it's, not the, it's a little intimidating. It's a little scary to, to think about us coming into the presence of someone that we don't even see. But we see him in Jesus. We see God in Jesus Christ. He is the exact, Jesus is the exact radiance of his being. He's the exact radiance of God. He's the perfect image of God. And we can see Jesus. So let's draw near to Jesus with this true heart. Let's, let's consider truth. Let's consider scripture. Let us consider how we can get to know God better as we study these words. Let us consider how we can draw near to God in prayer and actually spend a little bit more of our lives devoted to prayer because we want to, as we learn about Jesus, as we learn about God the Father and the Spirit, how he works, we just want to spend more time talking to the one that we are in awe of. He is good. He is faithful to us. He is true. Let us draw near to him with a true heart. Let us draw near. This is first in the action plan is to draw near to God. He came near to us. So let us just draw near to him. Quit pushing him away, putting him aside and going after other things. Quit searching after stuff that doesn't matter. Seek after the one that can fill your life like no other thing, person, thought, nothing. Draw near to God. Come to him with a true heart. Seek after him. Be prayerful towards him. Be devoted fully to him. And when you do that, when you draw near with this true heart, you can have what it says next, in full assurance of faith. This is true, and if you give yourself to this, if you give yourself to Christ and follow his ways, you will see in your life that it just works. It works. When you start following the ways of the one who created you, and you start doing the things in your life, that are according to how you were created to do things and how you're created to act and to live, you can have this full assurance of faith. And yes, I think it is good as we did a couple of weeks ago to pause and say, hey, you know what? I got to be careful that I don't fall away, that I don't drift away. We have to pause and consider that. But then as we come back to him in our faith and we start living for him, we can have full assurance. We can have this great and wonderful, secure, um, secure thought in our minds as to how and where we are going to go for all eternity. We are secure in Christ Jesus. So let us draw near with a sincere heart, with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, that flashes our minds back to the moment when we 
confessed the name of Christ, believing in him and obeyed him by faith and surrendered our lives to him and were immersed under the, the wonderful waters of baptism. And we can, we can remember and look back to that day that we were dunked under water, believing in Jesus and were raised up. Raised up out of that water just to think, I've got a new life. I now have a new conscience that is cleansed and clean. It's been sprinkled in the reference here by the blood of Jesus. It's the, the idea of sprinkling is sprinkled with blood. Pure, holy, cleansed, made pure. Although we don't tend to think of blood as purifying, it is the blood of Jesus which cleanses us from our sins. So we have our hearts sprinkled clean from that old evil conscience, raised to this new life. Our bodies have been washed with pure water. We no longer live according to this flesh, but we live according to the ways of the Spirit. And it's interesting to note that we look back to that as a specific moment in time. Maybe some of you were immersed in this very pool behind me. But some of us... Just to have a different place and the location doesn't matter, but we flash back to that moment when it first happened. And now we have an opportunity to consider that the blood of Jesus continually cleanses us of our sins because even though we make mistakes, we know that this is still true. And uh, praise God, we sin less and less over time because we're growing and maturing in Christ, which is what Hebrews is, is largely about. And so, but we have that moment in time when we can say, I drew near to God and had my heart sprinkled, cleansed, my body washed, not physically, but I'm just clean, free from my sin in Jesus Christ. And that work of Christ continues to work for us. So let us draw near with that true heart. Let us always remember the moment that we were washed and cleansed. Let us live according to faith in that moment and hold fast to that. And that takes us to uh, the next part, number two. So therefore, number one, let us draw near with a true heart. And number two, let us hold fast the confession. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Jesus is faithful. He's always there for us. He is faithful. He was faithful to the point of death on a cross. That's how faithful he was. That's how much he wanted you to be in a relationship with him. As he was that faithful, he went and he died, not just any old death, but the death of a, on the cross and the shame and the suffering that it embodies. He suffered that for each one of us. He is faithful, so... If we've made a confession of faith in him, if we have said, I believe that in Jesus Christ, I believe that he is the only one who can cleanse me of my sins and save me. If you've made that kind of confession, hold fast to it. Don't give it up for anything else. He is the one who is your hope. You let go of him, you let go of your hope. So, you know, and the sooner you do that in life, the better. <laughs> Don't go through life wondering, um, you know, what kind of hope do I have when I die? Make the decision now that you're going to confess the name of Christ Jesus, and you will have eternal hope. 
You have full assurance of faith for the rest of your days. That is a beautiful and wonderful thing. So, number one, since we have confidence to enter the holy place, since we have a great high priest, the great high priest, therefore let us draw near, and therefore let us hold fast the confession. That confession you made means something. Hold fast to it. And number three, let us consider how to stimulate one another. How to stir up one another. Now this is an interesting thought, isn't it? To stir one another up. How, do, how can we stimulate one another? And to really think on this, to think deeply on this, really consider how can we do this? Let us, you know, and look at the importance of this. It, it is placed right here as an action plan, as I, as I put it. Because the the Holy Spirit wrote this, there are three things for let us draw near to God, that one makes sense. Let us hold fast to the confession, that one makes sense. And right there, just as important with it, as as we're coming close to God and as we're holding on to Jesus with with all of our our being, every fiber of our existence, we're holding fast to Jesus Christ. Then let us consider this next thing. Let us think about how we can stir one another up or stimulate one another to love and good deeds or good works. How good are we at that? How good am I at that? You know, I have, it's kind of neat because here I am. I've got the opportunity every Sunday, don't I? And I can fulfill this one nice and easy and check it off the list and be done with it all the rest of the week, right? No, it's not the way it's supposed to work. But I do have this wonderful opportunity and so it's an easy one for me to fulfill. If I can encourage you, I've got this captive audience on Sunday that you bless me with the opportunity to speak and encourage you week after week. And boy, I, I hope I do that well at least some of the time. But what about you? What are, what are you doing? You're, this is for you too. Let us consider. This is the action plan for all of us. Let us draw near to God true heart let's hold fast to confession don't give up on jesus and let us consider how to stimulate one another on to love and good deeds what are you doing in that last regard each one of these you know drawing near to god how are you doing it you know holding fast to the confession are you doing well at that and number three let us consider how we're going to encourage each other how are you doing that this is a command this is part of the overall action plan these three things should dictate how we live from day to day how are we accomplishing this how are we stimulating one another so i'd ask you to consider that how are we stimulating one another to love and good works well, one way is embedded right here. Number, the first thing, it goes on to say, not forsaking, verse 25. Not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some. Don't forsake this. This is a beautiful thing when we come together and we do all encourage one another. Just your presence here is encouragement. Just being able to hear your name called out as one of the people who has joined us online, that is encouragement to us all. 
We are together. We are one. And as we remember Christ Jesus at this table, we, we, we're reminded, reminded that we're in this together. And we're reminded that we need to be here together to spur one another on to love and good deeds. To remind each other that, that Jesus is central to our life. We remember that here. And remind each other as we go on our way, as we go out those doors at the end of the service, to remind each other that, hey, I'm with you this week. We might be apart physically, but I'm walking the walk just like you must walk the walk. We're in it together. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Let's be together, not forsaking the assembly. This is important. If we're not coming together, then we are not stimulating one another. We're not fulfilling the action plan that's provided here in Hebrews 10. Encourage one another. One of the things I left, left out just this basic mention at the end of verse number 25 and it says all the more or more and more kind of as a thought as you see the day drawing near so there's a there's a day drawing near a day when time will cease to exist on this earth and so we've got to encourage one another because that day is getting closer and closer That we need to encourage one another in Christ to continue to be a part of the body and not forsake the assembly. And when you leave, continue to go out and do good works and good deeds in the name of Christ. And perhaps influence as many as possible. I I can't believe I just, uh, and perhaps. That's terrible. I I was thinking about evangelism and I was going to say, and perhaps maybe you can influence somebody else. Well, perhaps you can, but that is part of our agenda, isn't it? To be the salt of the world and the light of the earth. Salt and I mixed that one up. Salt of the earth and the light of the world. Let us do that. Let us not make some feeble attempt. We're going to encourage one another to go out into this world and to, to leave the mark of Christ Jesus wherever we go and to be able to actually confess his name, which is mentioned at the end of the, the book here in chapter 13. We'll get to that one next week. Confess the name of Jesus. You hold on to the confession, but it's not something you hold on just for yourself. You want other people to hear the name of Jesus because he is our everything and our all. Because it's through him that we can enter into the holy place. It's him that we have this new and living way. We have hope that we can have joy in our lives and we can have a reason to live. People need to know that. You think people, when they're walking around, they look all happy, but they don't know Jesus? You think they're really happy when they laid... I remember that time when I just felt so lost and alone. I I was acting like a crazy fun person during the day, but at night when I'd lay down, I'd be like, Jesus, is this real? Where are you? And the tears would come. The psalmist talking about tears on my bed at night. I don't remember what psalm that is, but when when you don't have God, when you don't have hope, All else is vain. But if you can draw near to God, that's a beautiful thing. So therefore, let us draw near. Therefore, let us hold fast our confession. Therefore, let us consider how we can stimulate one another and spur one another on to love and good deeds. Let us do this. So my question at the end here is, have you had your heart sprinkled? Have you had your body washed with pure water? Has God, in other words, 
fix the sin problem in your life? Has Jesus cleansed you? Have you made the good confession that Jesus is the only way that you can be saved? Or are you trying to fix everything on your own? I tried that one too. It doesn't work. What works is to submit your life to Jesus Christ, to say that he is the one. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And when you can, you can give your life to him, then you have access to the Father. So draw near to God. Jesus is faithful to us. Let us be faithful to him. And let us follow this very simple action plan. Let us draw near with a true heart. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Let us consider how to stimulate one another in love and good deeds. If there's anybody who needs to respond to the message, the call to come to Jesus or live more faithfully to him, uh, get a hold of me at the end of the service or later today or call me as you consider it later. Let me know and we will pray for you and, and help you in any way. And right now, as we consider the one who is faithful, who was began his, Jesus has been faithful all through his existence he is God, and he was faithful to the point of death on the cross. Let us be faithful to him. Let us consider that as now we prepare to partake of the Lord's Supper.